Hello and welcome to Reimagining Education, a podcast from Michigan International Prep School. I'm Eric Van Houten. And I'm Roy Silvis. And today we're going to be talking about teaching students how to learn how to learn. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's to learn how to learn. Learn yeah. how to learn. Yeah. It gets it gets a, a little tricky to say there, but teaching students to learn how to learn. Yep. I love that. So, Roy, yeah. what does that mean, and what are we talking about? Yeah. Well, it it relates to um, everything we do education wise, and we ask ourselves, what's our ultimate goal? And, you know, years and years ago, it's about, you know, this classical education, which is still important. I think there's, in this society, there could be some disagreement about what makes a classical education a classical education. That's a whole other conversation. Um, But it's the idea that students would, you know, leave their K-12 experience with a solid foundation of, you know, reading and writing, a skill set there, understanding of mathematics, um, a science foundation in science as well as social studies. And over the years, what has happened, and this is another topic we've talked about, you know, potentially putting on the podcast, and that's the whole thing about standards. And that's mm-hmm. why standards came on the scene many, many years ago is to kind of establish uh, from a state perspective really what is the standard for learning in each of those subject areas. That's why we call them standards, because it outlines that. Well, And we talked, too, on continuing on that, and how do you measure that? Yeah. How do you measure if they're meeting those standards or not? But those are big, big, big questions. Yeah, yeah they're so. big, but where this relates to learning how to learn is out of all this, as states moved in that direction to identify, here's what we think students need to know and be able to do at each of these uh, grade levels for each of these subjects, and we're going to put it in writing, mm. and the what is non-negotiable. That's what standards said to districts in the states and teachers at the individual level. It wasn't up to the individual teacher to decide what they were going to teach because everybody was all over the board. Uh, and eventually the states came in and said, we're going to define that. So that's where standards are. Now, where this relates to is over the over how it relates to learning how to learn is ultimately that's what we're trying to do to get kids mm. to be equipped to be a learner to learn how to learn. Now, along the way, they're going to have a foundation in each of those areas. But where it's a topic that is important to keep as a goal for teachers to not lose track of that, but it also impacts the way they think about grading and having effective grading practices and helping students kind of mitigate all of the things that they have to learn. And, and here's what I mean by that. There are many, this is silly to say it this way, but it's true. How many, how many people are there in the world? That's how many individuals there are in the world. And you go, why would you say it that way? Because we've come along the way and we've said, every kid needs to leave public ed this way. Mm. They have to, everybody has to meet the same standard. And the state of Michigan struggled with, you know, we're going to have every kid pass Algebra 2. Well, um, if you talk to our mathematics colleagues, they will tell you, experience and research will tell you, there are some people who have brains that will never wrap their head around Algebra 2. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to force it down kids' throats. And their brain will never process it. So we came up with a personalized curriculum to, so that we could give kids different ways to meet the requirement of the state of Michigan saying you have to have four credits in mathematics. Um, knowing that Algebra 2 was a struggle for a lot of kids and we're seeing a lot of failure rate, it was a matter of, well, what can we do to make an adjustment for that? Mm. 
So that's true too, but it, it relates to it. So when you have kids in subject areas that maybe aren't in, they're not a reader. They don't like to read. They don't, they haven't created a love for it. The, same thing with writing. You know, they're just, they don't want to write or they're just not interested in science, whatever the case may be. If a teacher really stays focused on, on helping students stay focused on learning how to learn, it will help with some students to move forward with doing assignments, getting through the course, because you've given them something that they can never be taken away from them. And that is, you are a learner. Mm. That means whatever you face in life, part of my job as a teacher is to equip you to navigate it, to know how to get the information that you need, how to, how to unpack that information, how to process it, how to consult with other people, um, and all of the things that you're learning in ELA, mathematics, science, and social studies is all going to help you do that. My job is to help you make those connections. Now, this starts off in, in K-5. It looks a little bit different mm-hmm. because when you're talking K-5 students, and it's interesting where the boundaries are, but you can get a lot of compliance out of them with extrinsic motivation, you know, with some rewards, and you can get away with that for a while. But eventually, um, pa- parents want to move their children and we as educators want to move them from being extrinsically motivated to internal motivated. And that's where this comes into play is you, the idea of helping kids wrap their head around, you're becoming a learner. We want to teach you how to learn. Uh, That can never be taken away from you. That helps move a lot of kids in that direction. So it it happens when, like, for example, uh, if they're having a, you just take reading in and of itself. Yeah. You got to sell kids on that reading and help kids say, well, you know, readers who comprehend text, they do a lot of stuff. Now, why, why, why do we think you need to be a, a, really, a, a reader who really comprehends text really well? Because you're a reader now, because all kids are readers to a certain degree, mm-hmm. wherever they are. How do you increase your skill set with that? And why would you want to do that? You want to do that because... What do you want to do in life? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? You can do that with little kids. I want to be a fireman. Okay, what do firemen do? They got to read manuals. They got to learn how to operate the machinery. They got to understand hoses. They've got to understand water pressure. You see, you make all these connections, even with little kids in a way that they don't quite wrap their head around, but you're still starting to uh, establish that foundation in being a learner and making those connections. And if we have a staff, and this is where we're moving our staff at MIPS, to make that connection with everything to do in the coursework to being a learner, you're going to build that internal motivation for a kid to focus in. I want to be a learner. I may not like mathematics, but I'm going to fight my way through it because it's going to help me be a learner. Because if I can figure out stuff in mathematics with the help of somebody else, when I'm faced with another obstacle, I've learned that um, it, it just helps me have the um, grit or help them kids may not say that it helps me have the the desire to figure it out mm-hmm. because I've had to do it in mathematics and I know I can do it because I've experienced some success in doing that um, so, so that's really what it's all about yeah. is the focus on you know ultimately if we use that as a tool to motivate and get kids and it's going to help not with all it's going to help with some if they're hearing that message all the time it's about you being a learner knowing how you learn as a learner and so I'll go one more, one more thing on this. Like if you have kids, uh, we know we have kids coming to us that get passed along and they just, they don't find reading enjoyable and they struggle with reading. 
They may have dyslexia. They might have some other cognitive impairment. You might have kids that have no impairment, no nothing, and they just go, I don't like reading because their life experiences, for whatever reason, hasn't led them to the point to be exposed to the enjoyment of reading mm. and what you can get out of reading. They just haven't had that, right? Um, but along the way, if a teacher uses that as a tool, well, here's, you may not like reading now. Let's, let's, my job is to convince you reading is a powerful tool that can't be taken away from you, and it's something you can use for the rest of your life. So a teacher can focus in on that learning how to learn, connecting it to the student's passion, whether it is gaming, whether it is skateboarding, whether it is um, a mere, I, I, as many people as are interests. I mean, I don't want to give these stereotypical things. Well, gaming we, covers most. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gaming covers most. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it made me think as we were talking about this um, in learning how to learn, you know what happens to people, you want to see evidence of it where young people get motivated uh, internally to learn a lot and learn something really complex. And some of our audience will know this and some of our audience will not know this. Um, there is League of Legends. Are you familiar with yeah. League of Legends? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. been around for... It's been around for a while. Yeah. Okay. So I have this photograph and uh, maybe I can get it to you. You can show it right now. Yeah. There is a black and white picture of some kids sitting in a row with a uh, uh, blocked off area with like an audience, just maybe 20, 30 people. And uh, there's kids sitting at these big monitors. And then next to it, I put another picture to it, is a stadium of about 80,000 people that are watching gamers in 2000... 18 or 19 hmm. in a stadium watching the league uh, league of legends league of legends yep. champ world championships mm. where the winning team of four or five guys that are playing this game leave with a million dollars oh wow so if you have <laughs> eighty thousand people that play this game watching that happen in a stadium They've got to know the game. Mm. They've got to know the complexity of the game. If you got a million dollars on the line and you're filling a stadium, 80,000 people, do you think that's a simple thing mm. for that game to be so simple that you're going to draw that much interest in? No, it's super complex. There's a lot to learn there. The gaming industry knows exactly how to design things so that you have enough success but enough failure to help you grow. Mm. And so that's what we kind of got to bring that philosophy in. But my point is, is that when people are internally motivated, and that's part of educators' job is to help parents help their children move from being externally motivated to internally motivated. And I really think we can capitalize on helping young people learn to learn how to learn. How do I best learn as a learner? Mm. And that brings in a lot of things. Some kids, they need music playing in the background. Mm. You can go to any of the music providers, and there's study music, relaxing music, there's waterfalls, there's all kinds of things. 
those can be of a great assistance for kids. And kids will tell you, I need music playing. But yet we have some adults go, no, get those headphones off. You can't do that. You can't learn that way. Well, maybe you can't, but maybe they can. I just found out recently in grad school that I learn the best, I write the best, when I am in a coffee shop with some bustling noise and, and, and conversations in the past. I'm not focusing on those, but I found even myself that I learn best when I'm in kind of a public bustling environment which was very strange to me you know you would never you never do that at school like during a test yeah. hey uh, have someone giving a speech in the corner of the room <laughs> while you're taking your exam but but um yeah that, that's 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 interesting yeah to me. but see you've realized that about yourself yeah. so you want when you want to get into a zone of learning um you, you probably you set that there. up yeah you yeah. kind of put yourself there for me as a learner I, I mean i struggled with reading and writing a lot i just i mean i had some good teachers but it wasn't put in the framework that worked for me to really thrive at it. So um, I really had to learn how to learn in, in college um, in my undergraduate work. And one of the things that still today uh, is I'm a reader. And when I read, it takes me about, depending on the circumstances, the day, it's, it varies. But anywhere from five to maybe 10 minutes to get into a groove to flow that when I'm reading, I'm really paying attention and comprehending. But I had to learn that self as a reader. And I would start reading and in five minutes go, as a kid go, well, I don't get this. I, I don't understand this. I can't pay attention to this. Well, that's because I didn't know about me as a reader saying, you know what? Stay at a little bit. You're, it takes your, your brain a little bit more to kick in. You need a little bit more time. Stay at it. So go ahead and reread that paragraph. It's okay if you got through it and your mind wandered. You got to bring hone your mind back in. Get back and reread that. And as I train myself over time, I now know I don't get frustrated. I know sometimes, and I've got to reread a paragraph or read a two and go. I didn't get that because my brain started to think about this, right? <laughs> and I think those are normal things that happen yeah. um, in learning, but we don't make those transparent. I think we can move educators in the direction with kids to being okay with the way their brain processes by focusing on, in addition to a number of other things. Your ultimate goal in your education is you have learned how to learn. I love that. I listen to these and sometimes my mind goes all over the place. But if I could reflect the core of this, I think it's learning a thing or rote memory only gets you so far, even in jeopardy. But learning how to learn lasts a lifetime. So we need to motivate our students to get mm -hmm. there with the tools that you're talking about. Is that accurate? Yeah, it, okay. is. it is. I love that. I um, I know that's a lot to, to think about and pretty basic response, but um, this is one of those things that's at the core of education and is a top of the pyramid thing that will affect how, how teachers, how parents, how students do everything in school. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, a huge scope, but such a... A poignant thing to think about. It is, especially when we have access to everything under the sun mm. in, in our in our phones. Yeah. And the challenge is I can Google everything and I can find the answer I want, but is it true? Mm. So if I'm a learner, I've been taught how to cooperate evidence and information. Yeah. And to step back and go, okay, that's one point of view. That's some information. How do I check that? 
I know as a learner, I got to be careful with information today. And that's a whole nother podcast topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Roy, thank you so much. It's it's given me even the, the desire to, to be a better learner. Um, and hopefully teachers and parents out there um, have a bit more direction, something to think about. So Yeah, I hope so. It's a lifelong journey for sure. Perfect. Thank you so much, Roy. Thank you. Reimagining Education is brought to you by Michigan International Prep School. If you'd like to learn more about us and what we do, head to our website at miprepschool.org. That's miprepschool.org. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We will talk to you soon.